Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. It's good, amen. Welcome to Passion Fitness. Whew. Y'all working me out, man. I don't need no club. I'm going to start charging y'all membership fees, like $25 to come and work out on Sunday mornings. It's a, it's a good thing, amen. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Some of you haven't been here in a while, and you're wondering, what in the world has happened up in here? What? what, what a, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. That's all right. It's online. You can go watch it. Y'all need to go back. If you had not been here in the last two weeks, you've been sick, you've been out of town, you've been lazy, or whatever that's called when you don't show up, whatever, uh, <sighs> then you need to go back and watch the last two Sundays and have church at your house. Because I want to tell you what, God is up to something in this place. Uh, God, ooh, don't start that. You'll hurt me. Ooh, you already tried to hurt me once. It hurt me twice. Uh, yeah, it's been unbelievable what God is saying to us. We've been talking about sound, sound, sound. Sound has power. I, I, have, stay, I have tried to state to you that our problem is is that our world has learned the power of sound and harnessed it better than the body of Christ. The, Hollywood has figured out that you can spend a million bucks on a soundtrack, put it on a sorry movie, and we'll still remember the movie just because of the sound. In fact, you can go back and take the sound out of the movie, and it doesn't make any sense. I went back just for funsies. I went back and watched Signs. Y'all remember that, that scene in Signs where the door, the, the, the hand comes out from, oh, that's scary. Not if you take the sound out, it ain't. It's, Jaws, what, man, that, that shark looked fake, you can't tell, but it was scary because of the dawn, 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 that the sound. We've been learning that. I've been trying to tell you, uh, uh, if you hadn't been here, let me recap quickly for you uh, just a little bit, and then we'll move into some other stuff. But I've been trying to tell you that God wasn't, it's not like God suddenly came to, to got a clue that Hollywood had gotten it right, and yeah, sound's got a lot of power. God knew it long before Hollywood knew it. That's why in the, in the creation account found in Genesis, God used the power of sound. I need you to understand, if you don't get nothing else, get this truth right here. God is, like, powerful. That's kind of what makes him God, you know. He's powerful. God could have just, like, sneezed, had an allergy attack, and planets would have been flung. He could have just went. And like stars everywhere, he could he could have he could have just blinked and and an animal, but he spoke, he spoke. Sound came across his lips, and 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 out of the power, he didn't need anything but sound. Let there be, and it was there. Sound has power, and yet, for some reason. As the body, we have failed to capitalize on the sound. That's what's going on in here, by the way, this morning. For some of you that are visiting with us, God has been releasing a sound in here. It is getting into our lives, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not even going to apologize for it. You just got to get ready. If you think this has been loud, you ain't seen nothing or heard nothing yet. God is stirring up a sound that is permeating our life. Now, the funny thing to me about this is that now science has come along and tried to to validate what God already knew. Isn't that funny? We got, you know, like God doesn't have enough credibility on his own. Now we got to validate what he did. Yeah, yeah, because we figured it out. Now that makes you, yeah. Listen, I, I, about a year ago I was watching the news, so 2020, so I don't know what it was, but they, 
this, this newscast came on, and, and they'd been doing this study about sound. Interesting, interesting. And, and this week I remembered it, and I was like, man, that was kind of a long time. So I cut it down to about four minutes. But I want, just for fun, would you just allow a scientist to validate what God already knew? Just to kind of, uh, so some of you doubters that don't really think there's anything to this sound, I want you to watch this and see if this doesn't make a little bit of sense right here. been in the nursing home uh, approximately 10 years he was having seizures and my mother couldn't handle him at home of course it affected me greatly because he was always you know fun loving singing you know every occasion he would come out with a song no matter where he was I remember as a child he used to walk us down the street me and my brother and he would stop and do singing in the rain he would have us jumping and swinging around poles he was, you know, he was good. He was always into music, you know. He always loved singing, dancing. Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yes, yeah, so. I found your music. Uh -huh. You want you want your music now? Okay. Okay. Let's try your music, okay? And then you tell me if it's too loud or not. Then he is given an iPod containing, we know, his favorite music. Mm -hmm. He, he lights up, his face assumes expression, his eyes open wide, he, uh, he starts to, um, to sing and to rock and to move his arms, and he's being animated by the music. And he used to always sit on the unit with his head like this. He didn't really talk so much people, and then when I introduced the music to him, this is his, his reaction ever since. <laughs> Philosopher Kant once called music the quickening art, and Henry is being quickened, he's being brought to life. Yeah. I'm going to take the music for one second, okay? Just huh? to ask you a few questions. Okay? Sure. I'm going to give it back to you. Uh huh. Okay. The effect of this doesn't stop, because when the, uh, the headphones are taken off, uh, Henry, normally mute and virtually unable to answer the simplest yes or no questions, is quite voluble. Henry? Yeah. Um, do you like the iPod? Do you like the music you're hearing? Yes. Tell me about your music. Well, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't have one. I mean, do you like music? Yeah, I'm crazy about music. You play beautiful music, beautiful sound. Did beautiful. You, did you play music when you were? Uh, were you? Did you like music when you were young? Yes, yes. I went to big dances and things. What was your favorite music when you were young? Well, I guess, uh, well, Cab Calloway was my number one band guy. I liked it. That's the holy, the holy, the holy, the holy, the holy, the holy, the What's your favorite Cab Calloway song? Oh, 
So in some sense, Henry is restored to himself. He has uh, uh, remembered uh, who he is, and uh, he's, he's reacquired his, his identity for a while through the power of music. What, what does music do, do to you? Give me the feeling of love, no, no matter. Right now, the world needs to come into music, singing. You got beautiful music here. Beautiful, oh, lovely. And uh, I feel the band of love, the dream. The Lord came to me, made me holy. I'm a holy man. So he gave me this sound. I just say, I meet you. Let see. Rosalie, won't you love me? Rosalie, won't you be sweet and kind? Yeah, maybe y'all just missed. You know, we just had church right there. Did you hear what he said? He reacquired this. Just remember this. He reacquired his identity. Uh, just, just, just place that one back there somewhere. Now, let me let me catch you up. We we've been talking about sound. In week one, we went into the sound account of the battle of Jericho. You remember Joshua's instructions: be quiet until the seventh day. On the seventh day, circle seven times, and on the seventh time, shout. I talked to you about the fact that sound must precede victory. They shouted before the wall fell down. Some of you are waiting on some things to change, and you're telling God, "I'll shout when you do it." God saying, "Uh-uh. You have to allow sound." to precede victory. You would become victorious. Your situation will line up to your shout. You've got to shout. You've got to make a sound that will precede your victory. I told you that, that some of you have accepted silence as a substitute for sound because the enemy recognizes that if he can keep you quiet, he can keep you defeated. Some of you have allowed him to beat you into submission to where you don't have a shout left, you don't have a praise left, and in your own... Listen, you don't silence your way to victory. You shout your way to victory. I see I can't get no help already. Y'all already went quiet on me. I, th there is a sound. Uh, see, last week we, we changed gears. We talked about sound seep. We, we went into the account of Paul and Silas in the jail, and we learned that your sound cannot be tied to your sight. It was long about midnight. You've got to get a sound that is not tied to your sight. You have got to get a sound that is tied to your spirit. Your sound can't be tied to no man. Your, your sound can't be tied to no job. Your sound can't be tied to your car. Your sound can't even be tied to your kids because they're crazy. And your sound has to be tied to your your spirit because something going on the inside of you will never change when everything else changes the Bible says that God is the same today as he was yesterday and as he will be tomorrow he never changes so my sound is not tied to what I see my sound is tied to the fact that God is consistent
consistently faithful. He's consistently good. He's consistently merciful. He's, consi- he's consistent so my sound is consistent. That's why David said I can praise him in the morning when everything looks right and everything's working perfectly and I got money in my checkbook and my car starts right. But in the middle of the night I can still declare his faithfulness. Some of you in the midnight hour right now and you just need to allow a sound or the devil will try to darken your life to the degree that divorce will try to darken your life that sickness will try to distract you and keep you from making that sickness in your life oh I I can't make a sound because I'm too listen he's trying to keep you quiet because if he can keep you quiet he can keep you y'all hurting me there's a sound seep that has, we, we talked about this last week. Your sound isn't really even for you. See, 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 what it really is is about this morning, some of you came out in here and you didn't have a shout left. Life has been tough. Uh, things have not been what you thought they were. You didn't have a shout left. You didn't have any joy. But something happened during praise and worship. About three rows back, somebody started singing at the top of their lungs, and they were horrible. They couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. They, 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 they need to sing like 10 or like 10 or 15 miles away. They, they are horrible. But, but, but something happened when they begin to ex- when they begin to exalt Jesus and it was bad it, it was like oh shut up you're distracting me but so, I don't even have a praise left I'm discouraged I, but something happened I heard them singing songs and psalms and spiritual songs and, and something on the inside of me I didn't feel like praising God when I got here I didn't have it oh, I, but all of a sudden your sound seeps into my life and with no shout left I can come in here and a shout will come out Sound seeps, sound rises up in us and it produces. That's why we made a covenant. Do you remember the covenant we made last week? We made a covenant that on the days that everything is going right, you will walk in here and you will covenant with me that you will release the sound in you. Because a day is coming when you're going to walk in here and you're not going to have a sound. And we need you to release your sound on the day you've got one. Because another day is coming where you are going to have to have somebody else release a sound that you're going to need. Live up to your covenant and release the sound that God has in you so that it will seep into the people around you. Whew, that's my introduction and I'm preaching hard already. Whew. My word, y'all hurting a white boy. Join me if you will in Acts. Oh, y'all getting excited now. Here it is. Let me, let me see if I got any folk know where we're headed. Acts chapter two. two. Yeah, okay. Somebody already nervous, like tightening up. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read the first six verses. We're going to read eleven, verse 11, and we're going to read verse 41. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible. But I want you to listen fresh and new. I know some of you could quote this. I want you to listen fresh and new. Something has gone off in me that is different about this. I want you to get this, get this, get this. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And without warning, there was a, oh, y'all are weak. Without warning, there was a, now you're talking, sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building and then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. 
There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. And when they heard the they, woo, y'all are good. They came on the run. Y'all missed it, y'all. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Verse 11. Now, verse 11 is an interesting verse because at the beginning of verse 11, you go back and read it for yourself. I didn't list it here. It lists all the nationalities and distinctions of all the people that were there that day. I don't, that, that, that doesn't help us. But what helps us is at the last part of verse 11, it says this. This is what all these people that heard this sound said. He's, they said, we hear them speaking in our tongues the mighty works of God. Just file that one away. The mighty works of God. Verse 41. After Peter stood up and he declares what's going on. They're asking for explanation. It says on verse 41. That day about 3,000 took him at his word. Were baptized and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles. The life together. The common meal and the prayers. Sound. I want to talk to you today. For just a few moments about the sound stage. I want to deal with the sound components, what made up their sound. But I want to deal with the components to show you that the components of their sound set the stage for the greatest move of God that the disciples had ever seen in their lives. That's saying a lot because they had seen Jesus do a whole lot of stuff. But their sound set the stage for the greatest revival that they'd ever experienced. And so this morning, I just want to teach you one lesson, and then we're going to break down their sound. I want you to notice what happens. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the disciples were hiding. They didn't call some special like revival meeting. They were hiding. They were playing like staying alive. It was like, I'm hiding, I'm afraid. They killed Jesus, they're going to kill us. I don't, don't buy, I'm just trying to survive, just fly under the radar, don't nobody notice me, I, I, I don't want anybody to know where I am. Don't, and and then, then I want you to notice that on the day of Pentecost, a sound invades the room where they are hiding. Now, most of us, stop reading right there. But I want you to understand that the sound that invaded their hiding place, their private place, when you read forward to verse 5, we are taught that without the benefit of speakers, without the benefit of amplifiers, with no microphone, with no television ministry, with no radio ministry, they didn't jump in a snow cone truck or a snow cone chariot with speakers on it and ride it through town and say, come to our services, there's some good stuff going on. But the Bible says in verse 5 that when after verse 2, when they hear the sound in the upper room, the Bible says in verse 5 that people from all over the city heard the sound, and here it is, they ran to find out what was going on. So you want the lesson? Here it is. Stated simply. I want you to hear me carefully. Stated simply. Here it is. Sound draws people. The people, and now get this progression. Stay with me now. The people were first drawn by the sound to the disciples. And then they were drawn to God. Y'all didn't get that. In verse 41, after Peter stands up and preaches, 3,000 get saved. 
that that is a direct result of the fact that when they heard the sound, they were drawn to the disciples, and after they met the disciples, guess who they met next? God. Y'all going to get this now. Could it be, because there's a, there's a question that I need to ask, and it's a mean question. Bad pastor, it's just the way it is. It's just what God's saying to me. Could it be that if people aren't drawn to God, it is because they aren't drawn to our sound? Oh, that was mean. Could it be that you may have a sound in here on Sunday morning, but you haven't allowed that sound to so permeate your life that by the time you show up at school on Monday or show up at your workplace on Monday or go through the drive-thru at McDonald's or somebody cuts you off when you're at the right-of-way, could it be that our sound is so different then than it was this morning that they aren't drawn to God because they don't appreciate and are not drawn to our sound. They're drawn to you first before they're drawn to God. What is the sound of your life? Is your sound distinct? Is your sound different? Is there something about your sound that distinguishes you from all the other noises they're hearing in their world? What is the sound of your life? What sound are you making on Facebook? Some of y'all sound real spiritual in here, but you don't sound so spiritual on Facebook. See, if no one is running towards us, could it be that not only maybe, just perhaps we have stifled, but could it be that not only have we stifled, could it be that we have contaminated the sound that God has birthed inside of us that was placed there to draw people to us so that we could draw them to Him. And so when they hear our sound, they don't hear the sound we heard this morning. They hear all the junk that's coming out and they go, if that's a picture of God, then I am not drawn to that. I am repelled by that. Y'all just thought we were going to talk about like tongues, didn't you? See, if we could ever get to the place where we understand that we have to consistently release the sound in us, not just on Sunday. People would be drawn to us. I, I can honestly say, I've, I've told several people this, and I, and I am convinced of this. I can honestly say, that after the last two weeks of church, first of all, I haven't been like, I've been like hurting myself trying to get here because I want to be with y'all so bad. I love the sound I hear. This is awesome. So I can honestly say to you that I believe as a body, I'm talking corporately, but it impacts you individually, individually as well. I can honestly say that I believe that we are at a fork in the road. We have to decide as a body who we are. If we, if we don't make this decision about who we are, then we will, we will not go forwards, but we will go backwards. The, the, the decision that we have to make is, will we continue to come in here and release the sound even when we don't feel like it? Let's be honest with you, I didn't feel like releasing the sound this morning. Honestly. Julie's been sick since Monday. I've been to six basketball games in the last three days. Oh, I didn't have a problem releasing sound there. Let me just, just get that straight. But I didn't feel like releasing sound this morning. But I've, I'm learning something. We've got, we've got a decision to make. We have to consistently come in here and release our sound. Why? So that that sound will permeate our life. It's not just about having good church services. 
It's about this sound so ingraining itself in us that we are able to literally walk out of a, a private gathering and allow that sound to penetrate our private gathering so much that it releases into the public and people become drawn to what's going on. See, I, I just want to say this thing this morning. I sense this. This can't be a serious thing, y'all. See, we're going to shift gears here. I'm not sure exactly when. Every time I think I'm done with this, God gives me more. Uh, so I'm not sure how long this is going to go on. But I'm just telling you that we are going to shift series. In fact, you're going to get a card as you walk out that will tell you where we're headed next into a new series called Blush. But, but I just want to tell you this morning that this series is going to stop, but the sound cannot. This is not a series thing. As a body, we are at the moment where I believe that we are literally defining and refining and tuning our sound. In fact, I, I've made this statement. I, I honestly think that we are hearing for the first time in a long time. We are touching, we are scratching the surface of the sound that we have been praying for, that we were planted for five years ago, that we have been, been believing for, for all of these years, we're finally hearing the sound. And if we lose the sound now, if we stop the sound when the series ends, then we become marginalized and we are ineffective and we have nothing to draw anybody with. people are drawn to sound. I learned that back when I was a youth pastor, I took my kids to Guatemala. Later, I took a group of uh, college students to, to South Africa on a mission trip, and I learned that people are drawn to sound. It's an interesting thing. You can walk into the busy streets of a Guatemalan market or an African uh, village, and, and you, all you have to do to gather a crowd is make a sound. You just put up a little bitty speaker and turn it on. It don't even matter. You can play English music that they can't even understand. You can get somebody up and sing. You can do, and people will flock. People are drawn to sound. That's the lesson we need to learn this morning. We have to find out our sound. We have to allow it to get into our individual lives. And we take that sound out to where we live. And it should draw people to you first. And then when they come into contact with you, they should and suddenly, out of nowhere, have an encounter with God. That's the story of Acts. So what made up their sound? What are the two sound components? I, 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 if, if we're going to have a sound that draws people to us, what should make up that sound? Now, let me stop right here and tell you that in advance that there is a belief that's being per perpetuated in the body of Christ right now that flies directly in the face of every truth I've tried to teach you over the last two and a half, now three weeks. And we need to understand that. Some of you are not aware that this, this, this belief is out there, but I'm going to tell you and so you can move out of naive land and understand that there is a belief system that we are being challenged with as a country and as a church. You need to understand that if we're not careful and we embrace this lie, we will become silent. And at the moment we become silent, we become defeated. The common belief is this, that in order to reach our community and to reach our friends and to reach our world, we must be extremely careful not to offend anybody. Or do anything that other people would think is weird or do anything that would make them uncomfortable. 
So what we are supposed to do instead is we are supposed to water down our God into a nice, neat, comfortable, palatable, handleable package so that when they walk in here, they will just kind of want to add Jesus to their life. Let me state it in another way. We are being told that we should not, we should no longer state our faith, our values, or our beliefs. We should keep all that stuff to ourselves. The only problem with that is that flies directly in the face of everything God said. I want you to know there are some cold, hard facts in the Bible that some folks aren't going to like. There are some cold, hard facts. There are some value systems in the Word of God that we cannot back down from, we cannot be quiet about, that we must hold up as the standard because the Bible says if you raise up a standard, the enemy will flee. No helping here. So, so, so we got to be willing to fight that head on. So let's talk about the components. Let's see if, if we're brave enough. Let's see if we're determined enough to press on in and do what God is calling this body. This might not be for everybody, but for this body. What is God calling us? What is the sound? What should make up our sound that would make us different than all the other sounds out there? Let me tell you now. Some of you, you anal folks are having real problems with the bulletin this morning because the numbers seem to be out of order. It's two and then one. We're going to work backwards. As I read this passage of Scripture, I recognize that there's a progression here, but you, you can't talk about component number one without first talking about component number two because component number two is impacted and influenced by component number one. Confused myself. So, so let's work backwards. Let's, let's talk about their sound. Component number two. The second component of their sound, for you anal folks, I'm trying to help you here, was praise. Praise draws people. Acts says in verse 11 that the people that were gathered there in Jerusalem that day heard the sound and it says we hear them describing the mighty works of God. I don't know what that is in your book, but in my book that's the definition of praise. They described God. They, they didn't try to draw attention to themselves. They, they, didn't, they, they deflected to him. They didn't make a name for themselves. They made a name for him. They didn't boast of their good works. They boasted of the goodness of God. They didn't talk about their life. They talked about God and what God can do in their life. They were busy praising God. It was the second component of their life. Uh, my question comes... Do, do you want folks to be drawn to you or do you want them to be drawn to God? Do you have the answer or does he have the answer? Do you want to heal them or is he going to heal them? Do you have the provision or is he, does he have the provision? If, if you are so, so, have such ability in your life that you can answer all their questions and heal all their sickness and make provision for their need, then you can, I give you permission, walk in here and sing, I exalt me. Or nobody like me. There is none like me. Make your prayer life about you. 
Make your singing about you. Make your serving about you. Make your pot about you. Make your conversation about you. Make everything revolve around you if you've got all the answers. But I just need to tell you where I'm at, I am this morning. In the culture that we live in, I am more at this place in my life than ever I've ever been. I don't have a clue. I can't heal nobody. Don't bring your kids and expect me to straighten them out. I can't even fix my own kids. Don't bring me your dog. I'm not a veterinarian. I ain't fixing your dog. Don't bring me your checkbook. I'll try to help you, but I, can't. I don't have provision for you. I don't have all the answers. I can't even fix your car. Don't. I am at the place in my life where I know less now than I used to know, except for one thing. I know the one that can heal them. And I know the one that can fix their car and fix their dog and fix their neighbors. I just feel, I just have come to the place in my own life where I've decided that the best thing that I know how to do is open up my mouth and declare that I won't let a tree get my praise and I won't let a rock get my praise. The only thing I know how to do is at some point in the conversation, I got to start talking about the one that can set them free from pornography and can deliver them out of drug addiction and say, you got to know. I know you asked me about my car but hey just for a minute let me tell you my car really doesn't have nothing to do with the conversation anymore yeah it's a nice car but let me tell you how I got the car I started praying and God worked it all out I didn't have any down payment when in your conversation are you going to turn people to what really matters? When in your conversation are you going to begin to turn them to the one that can set them free? And If you keep the conversation about you, they will stay bound and they will stay broken and they will stay discouraged and they will stay in despair. But at some point in the conversation, just turn it on them. I know, I know you were asking me how my weekend went. Let me tell you how my weekend went. Praise made up the component of their sound. Uh, that sounds like a foreign concept. No, it doesn't. The Bible says if we would just if we would just lift him up, he would draw. Oh, he would draw all people. I gotta hurry. See, I, I I just wonder if the sound of your life draws it. See, here, here here's my question this morning. I noticed something. I'm not gonna go much longer. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. I, I've noticed something in this. What made their praise any different than it had ever been? This wasn't the first time they had heard the disciples talk about God. Oh, they'd heard the disciples talk about God. In fact, when, when Jesus was coming in, they were triumphant. They were waving palm branches, son of David, king of kings. Lord, they'd heard the disciples praise before. What separated their praise on this day that caused people to recognize a new sound, something different? They had heard decades of praise, but now all of a sudden, there's some. Listen, if it was just about praise, we'd have people flocking. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't bragging, we got some great praisers in the house. If it was just about praise, if that was the only component, we got a corner on that market. We got some folks that know how to praise. If it was just praise... But there was a component that came into the mix first. The only thing that changed about their praise was that something took place in verse 2. See, because the lesson we need to learn is that our praise draws people, but hear me carefully, Pentecost 
draws people to. The only thing that changed about their praise was that they'd had an encounter in an upper room and suddenly out of nowhere a sound filled the upper room and suddenly somehow, some way, some shape, some form, their praise had taken on a new sound to the degree that people all over the city began to hear what they, oh, this is different. We've heard praise before, but we haven't heard that kind of praise. What is going on? What is going on is Pentecost. See, there are two groups of people around us right now. There are basically two people two groups of people in this church. There are people in this church that have never experienced Pentecost. This is all new to you. And then there's that group of us that have, like, we've been Pentecostal all of our little old lives. We, we've, we've got decades of experience in Pentecost. Can I tell you which crowd I'm worried about? I ain't worried about the folks that don't know nothing about Pentecost. I, I can tell you out of my own experience that those that have never experienced Pentecost, when they get to a Pentecostal church, they're all right with Pentecost, and they will vouch for the validity if they see Pentecost used in order, and if it's legitimate, and if it's genuine, they will validate and say that that was more, man, that was awesome. That was a sound I'd never heard. There ain't nothing wrong with that sound. I don't know who said they will validate the legitimacy of the sound. I ain't worried about them. I ain't worried about them. When they see that the sound has to do with more than just having good services. And that the sound actually leaves the church with the people who are claiming to have the sound. And that the people that claim to have the sound actually live different then they won't have any, when they see people, see the only problem I've ever seen non-Pentecostals have with Pentecostals is when Pentecostals mix the sound and abuse the sound and add pride to the sound and make the sound about a gift parade and becoming elevated and this is, this is what I need to, to elevate me in the body and give me prominence and give me position, then they have a problem with the sound. I, I think they have a problem with the sound when they walk out of the church and the folks that was praising God with the sound will cuss you out in the parking lot because you took their parking space or they'll walk right out of here and go do things that we... When they see you in line playing a lot... lot oh, I thought you had a sound. Well, you sure praise good on Sunday, man. You were like swinging from the non-chandeliers that we don't have or have anymore. You were hooping and bucking and snorting and snotting and shouting and blue. But now all of a sudden I see you in the line and I look in your basket and I see things. I saw what you did when you went through the drive-thru and they messed up your order. That's the only time I ever find that non-Pentecostals have a problem with Pentecostals. No, I'm not concerned about the non-Pentecostals that join us on a Sunday morning. They're expecting to hear a different sound. My issue this morning is we've got to have some Pentecostal folks that recognize that, that we cannot become so accustomed to the move and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we underutilize the sound that He's given us and we, don't, we just use the gift in service thinking it's just about having goosebumps and a good church service and slapping one another on the back and saying, Woo, had church today and go home and live like the devil the rest of the week that is ludicrous right. 
I am more concerned about those of us that have a sound in worship but have no sound in life. I am more concerned about us because it is so difficult to get us to dust off that gift and recognize that sound when it is utilized by the power of Pentecost moving into the power of praise has the ability to draw people so that we begin to live life like we depend on that sound. Oh, by the way, I've tried to teach you that uh, the sound is not all that Pentecost is about, but it is wrapped up in the sound. And if you don't have the sound, you ain't Pentecostal. Just because you attend a Pentecostal church don't make you Pentecostal. You got to get the sound. You need to get the sound in you. It will change your praise and it will change your life. See, I, I just think what we got to have, and, and I promise you I'm almost done. I think that we have got to have some Pentecostal people that will rise up again and boldly release the sound of the spirit that is in us. Listen, let, let, let me make it very clear. As long as you follow the sound systems, what are you talking about? I'm talking about all the writings in the New Testament tell us how to handle the sound in public. As long as you will follow and subscribe to all the sound systems that are in place so we don't look like a bunch of idiots and we don't stumble all over one another and abuse one another and hurt one another and make a name for ourselves and draw attention to God, then I want you to hear me clearly. I, I just need to state it again for the public. You are released to release the sound if you will subscribe and prescribe to the sound systems that are in place. We need your sound. See, the thing that started with sound is this, it was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It started with sound. And ever since then, for some reason, we've been trying to make it quiet ever since then. I don't understand that. Uh, we started in sound. But we want to end up in silence. And I want to state it one more time for you. I have no problem with quiet moments. My problem is, is that some of you have allowed your quiet moments to become quit moments. And we live in a noisy world and want to attend a quiet church. That makes no sense. That's not what God put in place for us. That's not who we are. And so I want to tell you this morning that the fastest growing segment of Christianity in the world. You want to guess what it is? Pentecostal. You can go anywhere in the world. You can go to any overseas country in the world and discover that the fastest growing group of Christianity is Pentecostal. But in America, what we want to do is since we're ashamed of it, since we've moved across the tracks now and we're in the upper side, then what happens is we, want, we don't recognize that at that same moment when we discard the sound, we discard our ability to draw anybody because it's our sound that separates us and sets us apart. And I want to tell you this morning that even though America is saying we should be ashamed and even though we're, we're, we're seeing churches saying the Holy Spirit should be pushed into some back room, I want you to hear me clearly state this. Release the sound. The day of silence is over. The day for silence. 
violence has long passed. It is time for some Pentecostal folks to rise up and in order and with a life that matches the sound, begin to release that sound so that it draws people, so that they run to see what's going on, so that in turn we can release them to God and say, hey, let me tell you where this sound comes. I know it sounds different. I know you ain't never heard nothing like this before. I know this is a little bit peculiar, but if you could just hear me praising God with power and with authority, if we can release that kind of sound, people are going to stream to us. So simply put, the sound that sets the stage for the greatest move of God that any of us have ever witnessed is the same exact sound that was released on the day of Pentecost. And so what that means is the sound that will draw folks to you and then ultimately draw them to God is the sound of Pentecostal, power-filled, Holy Ghost-permeated, Spirit-breathed praise. Don't come back in here and offer up some mamby-pamby pansy little praise. Get yourself stirred up long before you get here. Don't wait till Sunday morning at 1035 and say, I'm going to get my praise on. No, you start allowing the Holy Spirit to permeate your life all week long so that when you walk in here, an explosion takes place. And out of that explosion, word begins to spread. And in your office on Monday morning, somebody says, I heard something good's happening at your church. You go, boom! And you just explode on them with the goodness of God and praise. And out of power, Pentecostal, they are drawn. Stand with me this morning. I'm done. The stage is set. The components have to be in place. The stage is set. The components have to be in place. I want you to hear me today. We have the, the component of praise. It is time to make sure that you have the component of Pentecost. I want you to hear me. I am serious about this. We will operate by the systems of sound. You will probably never, unless God says otherwise, you will probably never hear me take a microphone and speak in tongues my private prayer language because the sound system says that that is for my own edification. But at the moment that the Holy Spirit Spirit moves and somebody has a word and they speak out I'm not going to shut that down that falls in line with the sound system and it is a sound that will draw people to we've got to make a sound anybody got a sound in them this morning come on raise your hand father we release the sound in this house hallelujah it's the sound of freedom it's the sound of spirit filled praise we'll live up to what you say about us We'll live up to spirit-filled, Pentecostal, spirit-breathed. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray this. I pray that folks that know nothing about Pentecost, I pray that they would run into some passion folks. Who praised themselves all sweaty on Sunday morning. But I pray that they would run into them on Thursday. And they would find an individual that's still filled with praise and living right. 
pray, Father, that you would allow some Pentecostal folks who have pushed the gift to the back shelf and said, I don't need that anymore, and I can have, I can have my, my good service with it, but I, I can't, it doesn't have nothing to do with my life. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, some tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled folks would rise up and begin to live right, and their mouth would be filled with praise, and their life would be filled with power. And out of that you would draw, you would draw. We give you permission to draw. We, this is not about us. This is, I, I just, I just got to pray. This is, I want to declare the mighty works of God. This is not about us. This is about the one, the one and only. The only one that can be freedom. The only one that can bring healing. The only one that can bring provision. This is, we praise you. God, I praise you. And so, Father, I bless my folks this morning to release the sound. God, I'm going to give them a moment here, but, but I, I just pray that you would allow us to learn once again to release a, an attractive sound. A sound that would help, help, us, help us to recapture our identity. Oh, y'all missed that. God, I, pr I pray over my folks right now. God, that as we make this decision that we're going forward in this sound, that what would happen is we would recapture our identity. We are identified as spirit-filled believers. Help us to recapture that identity in the name of Jesus, I pray. Right now, I'm going to give you about 20 seconds to get your praise on for just a second, and then I'm going to pray a bless, oh, blessing over you. Then we're going to make some announcements, and I'm going to let you go blow up on somebody at McDonald's. Come on, let's, pray, let's praise him for just a second. Come on. Lift up a praise. Come on, Pentecostal folks, release the sound. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.